Welcome! The University of Central Florida's Office of Diversity and Inclusion brings you Matters of Diversity with Dr. B with your host, Dr. S. Kent Butler and our guests, Sheldon Aaron, Tianka Farrow, Bethany Russell, and Nico Wilson. This show is brought to you by UCF Foundation. Thank you. Hello, welcome, Hotep. Good to see you all. I'm so glad to have you all participating in today's Matters of Diversity with Dr. B. We have a really, really great show for you today, and I'm looking forward to having a conversation with first-year doc students out of the Counselor Education Program at the University of Central Florida. And so before we get started, I want to give another special shout out to the UCF Foundation Office, who are our proud sponsors. And I'm so excited about having them be a part of this experience as we continue to kind of broadcast to you all some of the great things that are happening at the University of Central Florida and beyond. So my first guest today, we have four of them coming out of the Counselor Education Program. My first person I'm going to introduce to you all is Sheldon Aaron. Sheldon is a master's level student who has his LPC. He's an NCC, which is a National Certified Counselor. And he's a doctoral student in his first year at the University of Central Florida. He has practiced um, as a counselor in Illinois um, for the last two years in his private practice and in the university setting. Sheldon's clinical practice has afforded him the experience of working with acute and chronic mental health concerns such as personality disorder and psychosis related disorders, advocacy and practice with underrepresented populations and experience working with children, adults, college age students in developing and implementing coping strategies and wellness strategies as they move through life and societal transitions. As it relates to Sheldon's clinical experiences, his research interests, academic environment are centered in student development, advancement of cultural humility and sensitivity when working with students and clients of color and students and clients who identify as LGBTQIA+, and the advancement of professional standards of care with these populations. Next up is Ms. Tianka Farrell. She also is a master's level student at PPS is a, and a first year student here in our counselor education program. The majority of her clinical experience has been serving as a school counselor in the Southern region of California in the K-12 school system in a post-secondary institution. Tianka has developed and implemented social emotional learning curriculum at the middle school level, as well as acted as an academic advisor for the Dreamer and the first generation college student engaged in a trio program at the post-secondary institution. Due to her experiences, Tianka research interest centers on cultural identity development, group counseling, school counseling, counseling interventions, improving self-esteem and academic success, primarily among marginalized communities, multicultural counseling, support systems for dreamers, students, and allyship. Additionally, Tianka has served as a committee chair, committee chair on various committees for the Association for Multicultural Counseling and Development, and presently she is the membership chair of that organization. 
Bethany R. Russell is up next, and she's completed her master's degree in mental health counseling here at UCF with an emphasis on play therapy. She's a registered mental health counselor, intern, national certified counselor, and a certified child life specialist. Her research interests include Larry and play and um, therapeutic interventions with children who have faced trauma and the impact of chronic illness on mental health of children and adolescents. Currently, Bethany serves as the assistant director of research for the Center for Play Therapy, as well as the graduate assistant for the Community Counseling and Research Center through um, community outreach. Bethany is an active member of American Counseling Association for Counselor Education Supervision, Association for Child and Adolescent Counseling, for Play Therapy, and Association of Child Life Professionals. And last but not least is Ms. Nico Wilson is a doctoral candidate also at University of Central Florida. She is currently working on her dissertation, which is examining fertility related quality of life, relationship satisfaction, resilience, depression, and shame in diverse couples with infertility. She is a licensed mental health counselor, a nationally certified counselor, a certified specialist in mental health and learning, EDMR, EMDR trained, and a certified clinical trauma professional. Her clinical work focuses on couples, complex trauma, and addiction. And she is an active member of ACA, AMCD, ACES, and SACES. So thank you all for being here with me today. I am so excited to see you all and to have you kind of just communicate with um, our public here as to what's been going on with you all and what kind of advice or kind of concerns you have for the, the community as large when it comes to um, the things that are happening around this election cycle. So my first question to you all, and you can answer however you like, is how you doing? What's going on? How you feeling? Sorry, you all gonna be quiet. I'm gonna go with Aaron. Go ahead, no. go ahead, Sheldon. <laughs> That's a tough one. Um... I think the majority of this past week has been kind of numb in terms of there's just a lot of uncertainty and a lot and in terms of kind of how we're moving forward and so it's just been kind of a wait and see game um, and so trying not to um, trying trying to kind of manage my hopes and manage my fears um, as I move through the week. So when you say fears, what's, what's going on? What are, you, what are you kind of pointing towards when you say fears? Yeah, when I say fears, I mean, um, throughout, this, throughout this election cycle and being someone who, get, who engages in social media, um, mm -hmm. we, we, you see and hear a lot of the hate that exist and can exist in the world. So just fears about just my identities and how people perceive my identities and um, just moving through kind of hearing that language and hearing that hate and, have, and having to kind of care for myself and care for my circles um, as we move through the, this last week, but also, you know, this last, months and years yeah I hear you I hear you and we'll press a little bit there a little bit later but um thank you for sharing that Absolutely. how about you Bianca 
Yeah, I was going to go next. Um, the question is, how are we feeling? How are we doing? I, I would have to say that I heavily rely on my coping skills um, because every, I would say morning, basically what I'm saying is every day is different and then throughout the day it's different. Okay. Um, and that has to do with my interactions and the things that I have to do throughout the day. Um, mm -hmm. So right now, um, I feel like community and being here is helpful. So right now I'm doing okay, but it, it definitely changes. Um, and the other emotions or feelings that I'm experiencing, I would definitely say anxiety. Um, and I'm very uh, concerned. Okay. Uh, and then we can talk later. Uh, I think the other issue is, is my research and the things that I'm interested in, it's around advocacy and allyship. And so I'm really immersed in it. So it's a constant, my mind is constantly going. So I'm, I'm just exhausted too. So you said concern. So I got to, I got to press there for a second. What, so what are some of your concerns? Yeah, I chose concerns because Sheldon said fears. So, <laughs> <laughs> so to be fair, I, I have fears as well, but I chose concern intentionally. Um, my concerns are wrapped around, I think similarly, Sharon, uh, Sheldon was talking about his uh, inner circles and his communities. For me, same thing. Um, the work that I do uh, and my, my goal with working with students and then also what I'm currently doing and then my family and myself. And so to be transparent, um, I've been a black woman all my life. Um, so, and I say that because some of the things that are coming up and th that are heightened have been happening, you know, to me for a very long time. And now that there's different exposure around racism and I think Sheldon used the word hate it's a daily thing for me personally that I have to manage. So that would that would be the what I meant by concerns. That's fair. That's fair. Bethany, how are you? What's going on over there? Um, I would say it's it's a mix of a little hope, um, a lot of anxiety, um, just a lot of I like I like control. I like to be able to know what's coming. Um, that's not happening right now. Um, and so the word Sheldon used was manage. And I feel like every day I manage. Um, it, I manage a little differently each day. Um, some days I have to manage and, and pretend I'm not a grad student and take care of myself. And other days I manage by, okay, I've got to do the work. Um, I'll work on emotions the next day. Um, and so it's, it's, Surviving, managing, figuring out, not knowing when this is going to end, um, and figuring out how to continue moving forward, but also taking care of myself. So you've always been taking care of yourself in some regards. Do you feel as though you have control of that, or is it kind of is that part of the the angst, the anxiety that you're feeling? I would say there's no control right now, <laughs> um, but. I would say that I have allowed myself to be okay with that. Um, and so some days I can have great coping mechanisms in place. Um, mm -hmm. And some days I have to give myself grace and say, this isn't, I don't have enough right now. So I just have to be, and that's okay. That's not that I failed myself. It's just that I'm giving myself permission to just be. Um, yes. As a counselor, we know all the right things to do, all the right things to say. Um, we tell them to our clients. We also tell our clients to be gracious to themselves. 
Um, and I'm learning to be gracious to myself in all of this. Um, Very nice. So, mm -hmm. yeah. That's one of my new favorite words, grace. Just giving yourself grace. And Nico, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Hey there. Thanks for having me on today. Um, I think I can resonate deeply with what has already been shared about that kind of that balance of feeling anxious and stressed. And also you have things on your plate that have deadlines that you need to focus on. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of being able to decide when is it okay to have that grace in that space and when is it more important that I am available offering that space to somebody else? And when do I actually need to focus on my statistics for my dissertation? Uh -huh. um, <laughs> uh, so I think during this period, um, and I heard some, some others kind of share this, that some of the coping mechanisms I normally use don't feel to be as helpful right now. Oh, and so, right. right. So almost allowing myself to, uh, to be okay with that. And maybe that means that I have to just sit in silence for a little while, or I need to redirect my attention to something else. Um, so it's, it's a balance of trying to get through the day and also, you know, take care of yourself. And, and like Bethany said, you know, as counselors, we all, we know, we know what we're supposed to do. Um, the challenging thing is even for us, when that doesn't work because of the level of stress, Mm -hmm. we have to be okay with doing something different and being okay with that. Nice, nice. And so when you go to that space where you're going and you said you kind of kind of sit in silence, to me, I, I think of meditation or um, mindfulness. Um, is it silence or is there just a lot of stuff that's still kind of going back and forth in your head? Yeah, I, I think it's mainly a lot of stuff keep going back and forth in my head. You know, as with meditation, you always kind of bring yourself back, right? Bring yourself back to that center. Um, and sometimes that means every couple seconds you have to remind yourself like, no, I'm supposed to focus on my breath. Um, but I, to be transparent, I think a lot of that ends up looking like just trying to sit still and let my nervous system calm down before I move on to the next thing. Nice, um, nice. I appreciate that. Yeah. So there's a word that I wanna throw out there to you all. And it's really something that I think is happening I mean, if you watch anything on, on TV um, in the past couple of days related to this election, um, there's a lot of skepticism that's out there. So what are you seeing and how are you feeling about um, skepticism? And what would you say to those who are kind of skeptics of the process? This is a stumper. Go, Tianka. I'm not sure if I'm going to answer this down the right path. Okay. Um, but if I put myself in that kind of position and thinking about how what you're talking about, I would say personally that we kind of have to go inward. And I don't mean inward as in like isolation, but kind of just going inward and reflective. What was that? Yeah, uh, reflective and like, I don't want to use the word centering, centering yourself because I know we were talking about mindfulness, but I really mean going in, uh, inward and kind of evaluating, yeah, and reflecting. Um, and I'm just going to kind of leave it at that because I, I could take it down a different direction. But the first thing I thought of was that's kind of what I have to do for myself is go inward and evaluate and reflect so that I can kind of 
have an opportunity to balance things out with different perspectives. So we don't have to go there, but where would that left place be if you had went there? No comment. Okay. At, right. at the moment, I'm still uh, are trying to articulate my thoughts. Okay, excellent, excellent. Who else? If I okay. could, if I could give another word to skepticism, um, the way in which I was kind of thinking about it, as Tianka was speaking, and as you asked the question, and as I've being very transparent, I very minimally have engaged in news recently because. I just don't want to invest in the foolery that has been existing. Um, but a piece of how I am moving through this, and I hope others work to move through this as well, is in what ways are we engaging in compassion? Um, and what I mean by compassion is in what ways are we working to understand the other's experience, what, however you see other. Um, how are we working to understand that other person, that other community, that other family, whomever, mm -hmm. um, rather than engaging in skepticism and um, criticism and, um, as I said earlier, hate. So that's kind of where my thoughts were going. Right, well, yeah. especially like when you feel as though you, you're not getting it your way, right? If, if, if mm -hmm. the thing that you have put into place and the way that you see the world is not lining up in that way, you know, kind of giving yourself that opportunity to kind of, kind of step out. Of I think way. it's, you know, as I think it's really hard and I, I'm included in this at times, it's really hard to look outside of ourselves and to put ourselves in other people's shoes um, especially if we're not engaged in that otherness in our day-to-day -day experience. And so I think right now is especially a time where we have to, as Tianka was saying, look inward and really push ourselves to step into the other person's shoes so that we can engage in kindness and consideration and compassion rather than criticism and hate. Thank you for that. Thank you. I have, um, thank you both for sharing that. Uh, I resonate with some of that. And then I have a little bit, I guess, I might sound a little nerdy here for a second, but I've been thinking about this word skepticism. And I think oftentimes it has a connotation of being negative, mm -hmm. um, of course. And I, I think that the, the, the kind of the definition behind it is like questioning the truth around beliefs, mm -hmm. um, not absolute truth, just both people's belief systems um, or a culture's belief systems. And so I think that there is harmful skepticism and I think that there's healthy skepticism. Okay. And I think the harmful kind is like what uh, Sheldon and Tianka both referenced is when it's not met with empathy and you don't believe the lived experience or the truth of somebody's story and what they're actually are telling you. Like, that is not a time to be skeptical. That is a time to learn and to listen. Right. Um, and it can be harmful. On the flip side, I think that there is a healthy type of skepticism where when things are thrown at us, maybe like on the news or media or anything, do we just believe it? Or do we um, just say, oh, well, this is aligns with 
other things that I believe, so it must be true. And in those instances, I think it's really important to be skeptical or to do your research. And this might just be the doc program that has uh, put that in my brain for so many years, but it's so important to really do your research and to trust that, to trust data, to trust numbers, to trust also your intuition from what you're learning from those things. Um, and so on one hand, I think on the personal level, skepticism is really harmful. And then on the grand level, I wish that more people would be doing that and be We're more. Discerning. Yes. Discerning. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Which I think that that might be the positive way, like the positive connotation of, of skepticism or, yeah. or curiosity, as I've heard some others say. So um, yeah, it's like a, it's mixed because I do think that there should be more learning, more discernment, more investigation, maybe, mm -hmm. um, when it comes to the grander like belief systems. Excellent. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. How about you, Bethany? Have to go after Nico. <laughs> I know. Sometimes we have those woes. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't be too uh, skeptical about it, though. <laughs> no, I, some of what she, what Nico just shared, is is something that I was thinking. I. I'm so wanting people to critically think right now. Um, mm. I think it's imperative that people critically think. Um, and so I think this is an opportunity for all of us to critically think, to consider what others may experience that I may not experience, and that's okay. Um, and to understand where someone else is coming from that is different than myself. Um, I get that opportunity every day when I get when I counsel I get to see someone else's perspective it's an honor that I get to have as a counselor um, and I think now humanity has an opportunity to engage in critical thinking and being open to listening and considering that just because you haven't experienced it doesn't mean it doesn't happen um, and so um, yeah well, that's a great great segue into that whole piece about walking in somebody else's shoes, just because you haven't experienced it, you know, doesn't mean that it's, it's not true, right? It's not something that somebody's having to deal with in their life story. As counselors, how do you, in terms of what you're gonna be getting yourselves into with this dissertation, and then when you move into the, the realm of a counselor educator, how do you, talk to students and maybe the communities and be an advocate for people learning to walk in other people's shoes. I mean, what do you see your role as, um, as a counselor educator in that, in that respect? I was gonna allow someone else to speak first, but then I was like, oh, the silence. <laughs> Um, That's a counseling. Great, right? people, it people is. Say that counseling makes uh, uh, the silence just makes somebody feel that they got this burden they have to get off their chest. Okay. <laughs> um, a great lesson that I learned in my master's program, and I think it speaks volume to when I think about advocacy um, and working with students, is that I feel like it's my opportunity and my job to help students learn and understand how to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because I think if we're if we're going to step into someone else's shoes if we're going to work to understand someone else's experience we have to acknowledge that that's going to be an uncomfortable experience 
that it's it's going to feel like you're going kind of against sometimes it'll feel like you're going against the grain of what you've known to be true or it'll make you kind of question lessons that you've learned throughout your life um, and it's so important that we discuss and talk about how to sit in that discomfort if we're going to or if I'm going to teach students how to be advocates um, was my first thoughts. Other thoughts? That silence again. <laughs> you just got to jump in. Um, that, was, that was really great, Sheldon. I, I resonate with that. Um, I think I've said the word resonate every time I've answered a question. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I can. And the first thing that comes to mind is that like, as a counselor and a counselor educator, we are more than professors, clinicians. We are, we're modeling behavior in many ways and we're mentoring students, um, which can allow you to kind of get to that deeper, maybe more personal level, as opposed to just kind of the distance that sometimes we feel with our clients and our students. Um, and I think for me, particularly as, a white female, I have a responsibility to model what it looks like to continue to learn and to continue to unlearn and to continue to uh, challenge students to grow um, when it comes to empathy and stepping into other people's shoes. Um, the reality is, is that being my personal background, um, being raised in a Hispanic culture, but being, you know, um, being white, there are many shoes that I am not in and I will never be able to fully understand what it's like to step into that person's shoes, but I continue to, to, to learn and to listen and to fight for students and um, to do that as they become counselors. Um, when it comes to clients, I think it's really providing a space of openness and care and all that, you know, Rogerian stuff uh, for clients to feel safe to share their experience first, right? First, I have to be safe. Then you can share that experience and then you can permit me to learn from that experience. So um, I think there's a lot of layers to that. And I hope what I'm saying kind of makes sense. But um, I think it's, especially in our current times, it is so necessary and important that as we're developing as counter educators and our program does a great job of emphasizing this for us, um, is how to be those advocates and allies and mentors um, and to model those things. For you said something that, was, you know, that I think is so rich in terms of having a self-awareness about how you fit into this circle, right? And, and so when we are advocating for folks to kind of know who they are through their whiteness, through their blackness, through whether they're Hispanic or Asian, when we're asking you to kind of understand that and see that in retrospect to all the other things that are happening in the world, it doesn't mean to deny yourself. No one's saying deny who you are, but making sure that within that, you recognize that there's an interconnection there, right? And when you come into the, uh, the lifespan of someone else, there's a ripple effect. And, and if we don't understand that and how we impact each other, then we, we, we damage whatever kind of progress we can have. Uh, because we then, again, it goes back to 
there's a thing, right? Be introspective doesn't mean be selfish. And so that's 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 kind of what came up for me when you were talking just now. Sianka, I see you coming through. Yeah, well, because Dr. Butler, before you went, um, when Nico was sharing, I something came to my mind about community, and I'm going to go to that in a minute. But um, just to kind of uh, segue into what you were saying, um, as far as self-awareness and the connections that happen, it's really important um, to help people be seen. I think sometimes, and, and letting them know, like, I see you and what that means and what that looks like as it relates to advocacy, as it relates to being in class and um, you know connecting with your students or students connecting with each other, where you're really being intentional about hearing what that person is sharing and letting them know I see you and maybe you don't understand it and maybe you don't agree but I really think it's important that that piece of I see you and I hear you um, happens yeah. and so the next piece for me when you first asked the question I hesitated because I didn't know um, if folks were going to understand what I meant um, but I really think community is important getting involved and so like for example um, you know, maybe I don't know much about a different community and I'm not as involved and this is not for everyone advocates, the, the way folks advocate different folks have to do it to their, you know, to their best expertise and to what makes them feel most comfortable. That's how I see it. I know people should be comfortable with being uncomfortable, but sometimes when it comes to advocacy, you really have to hone in and focus on what you're best at. So going out in the communities might not be for everyone, but the way that I see it is really immersing ourselves in different communities. And, you know, that will add to us being able to advocate and, and make those connections um, more authentically with folks. And, and right, and so sometimes it's not even interacting, right? So you might not be able to get there. You might not be able to be a part of that community but to expand your mind to kind of be open to the fact that, you know, there are other things that are being experienced and that doesn't make it bad, right? It's just a different way that people are experiencing life, right? And being open to that. So I appreciate that. I appreciate how you're, how you're framing your, that in your, in your frame of reference, so to speak. Um, anything else, anyone else? What comes to mind as a future educator for myself is being vulnerable. Um, showing my students that I'm not just asking you to do the work, but I'm going to do the work as well. Nice. So we are collaborate together, going to go on this journey and grow. Um, and so every time that I have an opportunity to teach, I feel like I grow um, because students stretch me and they challenge ideas, which I welcome in the classroom. Um, yeah. And and I look at something in a different lens, and I'm like, oh, that's that's how you're approaching that. Okay. Yeah. Now let's see how that fits with theory and all the things that I'm teaching, but just, just that I'm going along the journey and it's, it's not me versus them, but we're in it together. Nice, nice, I appreciate that. Um, I, I'm gonna read something to you all. And I'm gonna turn my, my gaze away from the screen for a second, but um, this is why it's important that we do the work that we do. And I was at the University of Missouri in St. Louis before I came to UCF. And that was almost 13, almost 14 years ago. Uh, a student sought me out, found me on um, Facebook and sent me a message. And so I'm just gonna read it real quick. So you were my professor when I was getting my counseling degree at UMSL. 
in 2008. In one of your classes, we went outside and you had us line up by side, side by side. You read a list of um, life experiences and privileges and we had to step forward when we experienced them. I didn't truly get it then, I do now. I'm taking my three white sons to protest, reading books by people of color, donating to bail funds, supporting black businesses. I know I deserve no pat on my back because of it, because it's the right thing to do. I'm sorry for my ignorance and unacknowledged racism at the time. I think of this class often and I hope you will, um, I hope you are well, right? Um, from the bottom of my heart, you influenced me. And that's why we're here. What comes up for you hearing that? And, and what, do you, what legacy do you wanna leave for the students that you're gonna end up teaching or the students that you've already um, had an impact on in your life? I am gonna share after. I just wanna say that that was really, that kind of hit my heart a little bit. So I'm still kind of processing that message. It brought, it brought me back to, um, in my undergrad and master's experiences, I worked a lot with uh, student affairs at my university. Um, and the activity that you described was cross the line. And I did the activity often um, with students. And um, it just brought me back to experiences and conversations then. Um, and I think, I think about those relationships at that time, relationships now, and the legacy that I want to leave. Um, and I think it it really is based in aiding someone's growth and development, um, and that can be in many different ways. Um, but I really think, for me, it's aiding someone's growth and development socially. Um, to my core, my undergrad degrees are in sociology and psychology, and I definitely spent more time in the sociology uh, program. Um, and it's really impacted my belief in a part of our jobs as humans is to work to understand the other humans around us. Um, and I hope that my legacy is that I hope students and clients work to understand the other people around them and that they also challenge me and my understanding of the people that I'm engaging with, kind of how Bethany was saying that she's consistently learning and growing with the students that she's working with. Um, so when I think about legacy, I, I think that's what I want is that I'm constantly learning and growing with my students and that they're constantly learning and growing about the world that they're engaging in and how they're engaging in that world. Yeah, I definitely say all the time, I don't know it all. And I'm learning just as we go through this, right? Every single day, there's something new that we are learning <laughs> and picking up on. Um, just from, you know, you think about pronouns, or if you think about the word that comes to mind right now is intersectionality. Um, I wasn't talking about intersectionality 10 years ago. Um, these are all new things that you got to continue to be out there on the forefront. And so when Tianka was talking 
or when you all were just talking about, you know, the leaving experience for your students or people being able to step into somebody else's shoes, you don't have to go into their communities all the time, right? That was that, that exercise. That exercise was about experiencing what it might be like for someone else um, because you don't have the opportunity to immerse yourself in their communities. But at least if you can kind of have some grace about it, um, you can kind of change your way of thinking about how others are really living in this world. And so other thoughts that come up for you all. For me, I think it's that we may never know the impact that we will have and that's okay. Um, that we still should do what we do and not be discouraged. Um, that, nice. that we don't know, we're planting seeds, we're giving opportunities. And then it's up to the individual to choose what they want to do with that. Um, right. And it's our job to give those opportunities of growth. Um, and so for me, that, that takes a little bit of weight off my shoulders. It's still very humbling and still a very large task. Um, but I offer these opportunities of growth and then hope that students will accept those opportunities. Um, it took a while for your student um, to take that experience and it eventually resonated with him. Um, and, and my hope for humanity is with time and with repetition and with continued experiences that we can all grow. Yeah, that's powerful. That's really powerful. Bethany, I think um, first, thank you for sharing that as far as um, explaining how we won't, we may not always know, um, but to kind of stay hopeful um, that the work that we're doing is, um, you know, having an impact. Um, I, I share that because I think it's something that comes up for me sometimes is it gets really hard um, just because of my own identities and the things that I'm going through. Sometimes where I want to pull back, but I need to keep going and making sure that I am continuing to make an impact and continue to do the work that we do. And so when we think about Dr. Butler's message that he received, and then what you said, Bethany, about we may not always know, or we may not always see it, but we know we're making that impact later on, that that's what pushes me to keep going. Um, and full transparency, uh, I've had things come up um, recently that were really heavy, where I was like, oh gosh, do I keep going and trying to be an advocate and speak up? Or, or not and take care of me. And then I'm reminded, no, this is gonna uh, make a difference and I, I need to keep going. Um, so not really answering the question, Dr. Butler, about legacy yet. Um, as a first year doc student, I'm still uh, working on what that might look like. Um, but I just wanted to share when Bethany was saying that we may not always know that that's something that I hold on to that helps me to keep going and knowing that, no, this is important. Well, even in, in our work as counselors, right? Um, we, we have to kind of regiment ourselves to believe that we're doing the right thing and we're doing good work because we never might know how our clients are faring after they leave our, you know, our care. And so, um, and, and so when you get those little sound bites every once in a while, it really does resonate and it does make you feel like, okay, for all those tough times, just that one response made it okay that I had to go through those rough patches, that I had to have those evaluations that told me that, hey, I sucked as an instructor. But when I see someone who says, hmm, years later, the impact of your words has really changed how I see the world now. And so 
you never know when you plant those seeds um, how they're going to kind of grow and be what they are actually going to ultimately be um, in the lives of, of those you are, you're sowing them for. So, um, so it's, it, it does come, Tianka. It does come. It does come. Few and far between. Yes, Nico. I was just going to say that I, I think everybody is spot on 100% and I can deeply resonate with the client perspective of that, of like, you don't know, you know, that, that what you did was enough, um, but you hope that it is. And so you kind of have this commitment to doing your best and offering every student, even when it gets tiring, even when we have personal stuff going on, mm -hmm. still showing up for our students and for our clients. Um, and I think legacy wise, I've learned that although there is so much education, textbooks, skills that are important for developing counselors to learn, I think like Sheldon said, that social aspect, that personal aspect of growing as a person, mm -hmm. I would so much rather have students feel like they grew or developed or learned something new even if that was through being triggered or being, I guess a better word would be emotionally reactive to something. Right. Um, but knowing that they grew in some way personally is, is way more rewarding, I think, um, than even some of the things that, you know, we have to teach, of course. Yeah. So I like that. Um, I have to try to figure out how to use uh, emotionally reactive instead of triggered um, in the future. But I think that, um, you know, always evolving, always, always evolving. And so, um, so let's trigger to self-care. And you guys talked about it a little bit when I opened up about what you're doing to kind of, kind of maintain, so to speak. But for those who are out, uh, who are experiencing whatever types of trauma or things that are related to this, what are some kind of things that you would like to share What's in your wheelhouse that you think people can utilize or go to to kind of relieve stress or anxiety and things along those lines? Um, I have two things uh, that I want to mention. And the first one, I think um, Nico was talking about sitting in silence or, you know, sometimes she just has to sit still to be able to transition to her next um, you know, task. Something for me, and this might not sound like a very self-carry thing, um, but really acknowledging what I'm experiencing and how I'm feeling instead of trying to just keep going um, and saying, no, this hurts and this is hard. And I'll use a, an example. Um, I typically am very active on social media uh, as it relates to hot topics and really yeah. trying my goal is to connect with other people and really have these real conversations. So I'm very intentional about what I post and how I interact. Um, I say that to share that when I started, you know, as a first year doc student, I had to move away and kind of not be on social media at all. Um, and I was disconnected. Um, and it was because I was trying not to acknowledge specifically what was happening with Brianna Taylor's case. I was really um, struggling with that. And I was trying to not acknowledge that it was really making me feel some kind of way. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I ended up doing was uh, a recent, probably a few weeks ago, I took a weekend 
And I kind of went into it and acknowledged this hurts, this feels some kind of, you know, it's making me feel some kind of way. And as I was acknowledging it and sitting in it, kind of like what Nico was saying, it helped me feel better. And of course, as counselors, we know this, right? Acknowledging and accepting. Got to fight through the pain to get to the other side. Yes. We all, we all know this, uh, but I just was trying to get through being a first year doc student as well. So I was pushing it away. Um, the moral of the story as far as self-care is related, that disconnection from being away from social media was purposeful because of school. But what I noticed was I was disconnected from my family. So I've now scheduled FaceTime meetings um, on a regular basis. So I would say one of my top self-care tips is that you stay connected and you are intentional about making sure you're staying connected. So I've now set up scheduled FaceTime meetings. I'm in Florida, my family's in California. So I'm scheduling those that time. And even with the pandemic, it's not like we're all out visiting. So scheduling that time to be able to connect with people who fill your cup, fill your yeah. cup. You know, you talk about that and I think about modeling, right? We have to start modeling for people that it's okay to not be okay. Right, we are so busy trying to always wear the mask that oh no, you know everything is fine. Nothing's happening in my house. Everything is really good. But when we can release that, it's so freeing sometimes that we kind of give ourselves that grace again. Going back to grace, other things that you all are doing for self care, or if you would say to others to do for self care. Uh, so I'm gonna sound nerdy for a second again, and then I'll I'll have a point. Listen, you um, have never ever in my life sounded nerdy. So. Oh. Uh, I just want you to know. Well, thank you, Dr. Butler. Um, so there's this concept of the stress response cycle, which is basically the, we've all heard of fight, flight, freeze, those kinds of responses that we have in the face of trauma, adversity, stress. And what we don't often talk about is how do those end? We often talk about like what it's like for when you feel them and when they start and we teach clients to notice those experiences in their body, but we don't often talk about like, what is it like when it's over? Um, and so something that really interests me is this topic of that stress response cycle. And the gist is that when we have this response, whether it be fight or flight, that adrenaline's pumping, you know, maybe it's a, a bad phone call or it's something on social media or the news. Or, um, or just something that you know, is coming up from the past and we're sitting alone with it and it's just popping up. Um, we need some kind of resolution. And that resolution can be comfort, it can be rest, it can be expression of some kind. Um, and so that looks different for everybody. So I would encourage others that when you find what that resolution is for you to really notice like, okay, I went through this stress experience, I need to do this thing to kind of end that whole cycle. Otherwise, we as humans, because other animals release it really fast, but we as right. humans kind of keep that absorbed in our body, mm -hmm. just keep thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. So instead, um, that might be going for a run, just getting all that adrenaline out. It could be just weeping and letting out the tears. Nice. It could be connection with others, like Tianka was saying, um, or it could be just sitting in silence journaling. There's a million things that it could be. Um, but I think just recognizing that we need to have that resolution where we come back and find that center or find that comfort or rest. And really, I think the big word is like some kind of safety. You just come back and you find that safety. Okay. Um, 
and that can be different for everybody. So uh, that would probably be my biggest. So I found that as very, very educational. There was nothing nerdy about okay. that whatsoever. Well, maybe slightly, well, no, there was nothing nerdy about that at all. Thanks. Yeah. What else is going on for you all? I would say that something that I've reminded myself is that we are in trying times and they're gonna continue. Um, and so because of that, and because there's so, so much we can't predict that if we try to plan too far ahead, it can become very overwhelming because that's also within the chaos. Um, and so very much being in the present moment and today, what am I going to do today? How am I gonna get through today? And not having, I'm a planner, but I've, I've, I've let that go because I need to focus on today. It's, and, and what like the American Red Cross and different organizations that have traveled across the world um, to traumatic events um, to support people have realized they, they come in, they used to come in with interventions and doing all this stuff, but they realized that actually is causing harm because we just need to get back to the basics right now and we just need to survive. Um, and so I, I remembered that training that I had taken and just reminding myself that this isn't time to do deep work. This isn't, this isn't the time. It's time to just to survive and do things that are healthy for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll do the work later on. There will be work to be done and it's important for me to address it then. Right. Um, but right now I, I need to get to Saturday and then I need to get to Sunday. And in a very real sense, that's a plan, right? It's a plan. And so while you have to kind of refocus and reframe some of the things that may have been in the past for yourself, for me to get to this next day, to get to this next week, to get to this next year, I have to do some things a little bit differently. And that's my new plan. So that's that's wonderful. Thanks, thanks, Bethany, for sharing that. Sheldon, something, anything? Yeah, I don't know if I have too much to add because every, what everything, what everyone said um, was kind of what was going on in my so, mind. Let me just say, um, you're but, new to the program and uh, we have Nico and um, Bethany who just, you know, they're stellar, right? This is what we are producing. <laughs> They're incredible. Of course, you would yeah. not have much to, to share following that. <laughs> That's what we do. That's just what we do. <laughs> um, but I, I think to maybe summarize it all is that when I think about coping strategies, when I think about wellness, when I think about self-care, it, it all comes down to how are we being intentional about doing what we need at this current moment in time? Um, and being honest with ourselves about what we need. Like, you know, as Nika was saying, sometimes what we need is to cry. But we tell ourselves like, nah, I gotta push through. I gotta get through. I can't let those tears fall. And not only that, people are, the voices in your head who told you not to cry are also yeah. not to cry, right? And yes. So Right. And so I think we, I think we have to be honest with ourselves in terms of like, if we have all this stuff and we know we need to let it out, give care to yourself, give love to yourself, give worth to yourself and let the, that stuff out. If you know you're someone that engages in physicality to let stuff out, then go for that run, go for that um, personal record in the gym. Yeah. Um, I know for me, I've found an immense amount of solace in desensitizing so when I shower I turn off my lights and I light candles and I'm a really big music person so I put on music that is oriented to kind of what I'm feeling at that time and just that showering space really helps 
calm and soothe and let out whatever I need to let out. What was the last song you played? Um, I was listening to some more somber music today. Um, and the last song I listened to was Remedy by Adele. Okay. Um, Remedy, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you were gonna say something like, right, something by NWA or something. No, Anger was two <laughs> no, days ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. So listen, we're coming to the close of this, of this hour. It went very quickly um, in terms of that. But I want to kind of do something to check out. And like you came in with anxiety and you came in with the ways that you were feeling and, and stuff along those lines. Where are you now? How are you? What's going on in your minds? And, you know, was there anything that kind of resonates with you in terms of what has happened over this hour with you? You know, this is so funny because I'm going to tell you before you even go anywhere else with this, you're reminding me of being back in the classroom when I ask questions of my students and they sit there. And so this is really good. This is just good for my soul. I appreciate it so, so, so much. <laughs> I, I have a question about that, Dr. Butler. Don't you think it's great, though, that we're trying to be intentional and thoughtful with our answers? Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. I'm but as, gonna... as I said, it's just a reminder of, you know, that's why I knew that everything that was happening was for a reason and was right, right? Because this was supposed to happen. It was supposed to happen in the way in which it, it goes. So um, you can't rush the process. Well, I really appreciate your platform and appreciate you, Dr. Butler. I just have one quick thing. It goes back to what part of my self-care, um, one of the things that I do, uh, it's just a reminder about connection and community. Um, so a reflection of thinking about what everyone said and, and being able to be part of this, I feel connected. And then I feel like I'm brought back to this idea of how important community and making sure you stay connected. So I just thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you responded to the email. Yeah, I was thinking kind of along the similar, along the same lines. Um, the first words that came to mind was lighter, but I didn't quite know if that was right. Um, but hearing Tink, um, it's very much just remembering how fulfilling it is to just connect with people on a genuine and authentic level and about what's happening with us and what we're experiencing rather than the like fun, silly surface level stuff. Yeah. yeah. Even though that stuff is important, yeah. I think this stuff also has value. No, definitely. Did you just say Tink? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I did I just give away your nickname? I thought you might. No, have wait, said wait, it. wait, wait. No, I was <laughs> going to go there, and I, don't be sorry because I never got the privilege of understanding the nickname, and so like I have to always say Tianka all the way out. You saying there's a nickname? There's a there's a lovely nickname Tink. <laughs> my bad. Oh my goodness. It comes from I introduced myself like that in class, and Dr. Butler, I haven't uh, been privileged enough to have you as my. <laughs> so. Okay, you know, I, I, I'll accept that. I'll accept that. That's awesome. I love that nickname. Um, I, I think I also just feel really thankful to have been a part of this talk. Um, I was so, uh, it might sound cheesy, but I was so honored when I got the message from you, Dr. Butler, that you would, you know, even consider wanting me to be on this. I really appreciate that. And I think it is, uh, encouraging to be around others that are in a similar context with school 
and still be able to to kind of talk through what's really going on. And I think everybody was really real. And that's what I appreciate because um, we're all working independently. I mean, I, this is the, the most I've ever talked to Tianka before, <laughs> you know? So like, I, I, I love this opportunity as well. Um, and then otherwise, I think I also learned a new self-care method because I'm going to try that shower, Sheldon, with the music. I know, <laughs> right? I'm sitting there thinking, we're, I got to go buy candles. I know. <laughs> How about you, Beth? I just, I feel joyful to be my authentic self with others. Um, I felt like we were all genuine and it was safe to be genuine in this group um, and that we were truly sharing from our hearts and, and that just felt good. Um, it's We're not getting a lot of that through connection right now. Um, and it, it felt good to, and to learn from each other and your experiences and, and to hear how you're doing as well. Um, yeah. All of you. Um, it was it was good to hear. Um, so yeah, it was a privilege to be here. That's cool because it doesn't have to always be in the classroom. Exactly. So anyway, I want to thank you all um, for being a part, for taking up the charge when um, when the call was made. And so um, it's been fun. And um, the other thing, and the, the the piece of the puzzle is, I I know the beauty of what counseling does and what it can do for the community. And I'm not with you all because I'm over in the Office of Diversity and Inclusion. So I don't get to see you um, and have the experiences like I used to have when I was uh, actually teaching in the counselor education program. And so this has really been you know, helpful as well in terms of getting to even see you and talk with you and know you. Um, I've had instances with each of you um, over the years, so to speak. And, um, and you know, so we know what those relationships have been but I think that, you know, seeing you in this, this light, and also because I knew who you were in the first place. So don't feel honored that you got the email, just know that you got the email because of who you are. And so um, that is really the, the piece that I want you to, to, to go away with and resonate with because um, that is the, the power of what you bring to the table as well. And it's not about this platform, but about what you're, what you're doing and, and, and how you're shining your light. And I think that's really important for you all to take in as well. Um, so that brings us to the end of this hour of Matters of Diversity with Dr. B. And I really appreciate you. I uh, appreciate those of you who kind of came around and kind of hung out with us. Um, invite folks to our YouTube channel and um, subscribe. And you know we are gonna have shows weekly. And on this next upcoming week, we're gonna be talking with some veterans about how it is to be a veteran in the United States, especially in this day and time. And we're gonna also talk with other students on next Friday. So always, always, um, it's gonna be a platform for us to kind of just be here and to give our, give our spirit. So, um, so thank you. Uh, I wanna also thank again, the, the UCF Foundation Office for their support of us and sponsoring our program. And um, just continue to do what you gotta do. And, and find grace, each of you and everyone out there, find grace because we'll get through this. There's no other thing that for us to do but to get through it. So with that, um, I say goodbye and, and thank you again. Thanks for listening to our show, which is brought to you by UCF Foundation. This has been Matters of Diversity with Dr. B.